Welcome to the You Hide Me at Hello podcast with me, your host, Deb Houston. I'm not a recruiter. I am a hiring strategist. And whether you are hiring your first employee or you already have a team of 50 plus, you're in the right place. As an ex-recruiter of 17 years, I geek out on anything to do with hiring strategy and processes. And my goal is to help you hire the right people for your business whilst avoiding those costly hiring mistakes. Most business leaders and owners have not been taught how to hire. So I set up this podcast to help you win the war for talent and stop repelling your dream employees. From employer branding, talent attraction strategy and hiring processes to interviewing and onboarding your employees, there's a topic for everyone, all with a lighthearted and fun vibe. So without further ado, let's get cracking and get stuck in. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the You Hired Me at Hello podcast with me, your host, Deb Houston. In today's episode, I'm going to discuss the topic of unconscious bias and how it can hinder you from finding the right talent for your business. I always refer to unconscious bias as the interview assassin. What is unconscious bias? Unconscious bias is defined as the attitudes and beliefs that affect our understanding, actions and decisions at an unconscious manner. It's something that is deeply ingrained in our minds and it really influences the way that we think, feel and even act towards other people. Now, unconscious bias is formed by our own past experiences. So, When we say everybody sees life through their own rose-tinted glasses, it is exactly that because my life has been completely different to yours. So therefore, my past experiences are going to shape my beliefs and actions today differently to what yours have. Now, when it comes to unconscious bias in hiring decisions and processes, it can actually have both positive and negative impacts. And that depends on the situation and the biases involved. On the positive side, unconscious bias can lead to hiring managers favouring candidates who they perceive to be similar to themselves and are obviously aligned to the company culture. Like tick, tick, tick. That's going to have a positive outcome. And that really does help to create a cohesive and harmonious work environment, which is what we all want. The employees feel comfortable and they're really able to work effectively together. However, on the negative side, unconscious bias can lead to discrimination against candidates who maybe don't fit the hiring manager's like image of the perfect candidates. So for example, a hiring manager might unconsciously favour candidates who share the same gender, ethnicity, or even educational background. And that leads to a lack of diversity in the workplace. Now, This is not only going to result in missed opportunities to attract the top talents, but it's also going to damage the company's reputation for being an inclusive and diverse employer. Now, additionally, unconscious bias can impact hiring decisions in much more subtle ways than we realise. So, 
such as like the language we use in job postings or the selection of interview questions. Like for example, a hiring manager might unconsciously use language that is way more appealing to male candidates or female candidates. Or the questions might be really specifically biased towards only candidates who have certain experiences and backgrounds. And therefore, those kind of biases can make it really difficult for a candidate who's not the perfect mould to even be considered for the job. You know, even if they have the right qualifications and the skills, if we're bias in our language and the way we ask the questions, they're just not going to have any chance at all to succeed. And you could be missing out on a superstar. Now, overall, it is really important for hiring managers and recruiters to be aware of their own biases. And then you have to take the steps to mitigate that impact that it can have on hiring decisions. And By recognising and addressing those unconscious biases, companies can create a more diverse and inclusive workforce. And therefore, that will also increase your chance of hiring the best talent for your job. And another thing as well, if you want to be disruptive and make waves in your industry, you need trailblazers. And you need the right kind of talent to do that. You don't just want to hire somebody that reminds you of John and Susan and you know they're going to be a good fit for the team. Now, I'd love to share with you the eight types of biases and how they show up in hiring processes. And when I talk about this in my hiring mastery workshops, there's always a few little giggles around the room. And it's not a giggle from a, oh, that's really funny. It's that giggle, that nervous giggle of, oops, guilty as charged. Um, But that's the whole point. Like it's unconscious. It's there. We can't help it happen. All we can do is become aware. So I'm going to go through kind of like probably the top eight that I see happen most regularly. And just an example of how that shows up to help you. So first off, um, we have conformity bias. Now, conformity bias is essentially where you don't speak up and say what you really think because you're the minority and you just go with the majority decision. So a really quick example of that might be um, this total of four managers met a candidate, three say yes, you're a no, but because the others are so excited and yes, 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 you don't actually voice your no and specifically why and you just go along with the majority decision and on the flip side as well um, you know you might have three managers that instantly just didn't vibe with the candidate and therefore was a no whereas you personally might have seen something really special in them and you know think they'd be a really good add to the business for a number of different reasons again if you don't speak up and you just go with the majority that does fall under conformity bias Um, Secondly, we have affinity bias. Um, So affinity bias is where you just naturally connect with somebody, usually from something in common. So it might be a school, a person, um, you know, degree that you did, um, or even you've worked for the same company in the past, something that you can connect with. um, So you instantly feel connected. That falls under affinity bias. 
Then we have similarity bias, which is very similar to affinity, but it's more about on a personal level. So similarity biased might be um, somebody's very similar in personality to you, um, their mannerisms, yeah, something on that personal level um, is, is that similarity bias, um, which is good. But again, we just need to be aware about it. Fourth, we have contrast bias. Now, contrast bias happens every day. We compare the applicant to the, the different examples. Might be somebody who currently works in the team. Um, we might compare them to they remind, they remind me of X person who did not work out in this business. So it could go positively or it could go negatively. Um, comparing them to someone in the business currently or has left. And the other type of contrast bias is where you compare the applicant to other applicants. Now, if you compare applicants to each other, you're never going to get the best person for the job. You're just going to get the best of the bunch. You need to be comparing the candidate to the specifications and the requirements of the job. And if you keep on bringing the applicant back to that, that is how you will get the best candidate for the job as opposed to out of the bunch. Um, number five is varying standards. Um, so this is generally just not um, assessing the applicants equally. Um, and it might be giving somebody an easier interview because they're already known to the business or you've had good feedback about them. It might be setting an expectation that candidate A should have done better in the interview because they've worked for X company and you expected more. But then candidate B you just walk into the interview with a different set of expectations because they worked for company Z. So, um, yeah, it varying standards is not treating people equally. Um, then we have the halo and horn effect, which I'm sure most of you are familiar with. Um, halo effect, there's one amazing thing about the person that you love and it's da-da and you just therefore don't pick up on any of the things that are not so good because that one thing is just shining bright. And then we've got the horn effect, which in reverse, it's one small minor thing that the applicant does that just instantly puts you off and you're so focused and fixated on that that you miss all of the amazing things that they tell you after that event. Um, then we have stereotype bias. Um, stereotype bias can be linked with um, age, um, sex. Um, you know, the typical one might be um, women being of childbearing age or, um, you know, somebody not being dynamic because they're older um, or somebody not being able to be, be as advanced in their career because they're younger. Those are kind of like the typical stereotype biases. Um, and then finally, we have confirmation bias. And this I see so many times on a daily basis. And it's really interesting the way it goes. So confirmation bias is, let's say you're reviewing a resume and there's something in that resume that you pick up on that you want to explore further. But before you get to even meet the applicant, you build that up as a niggle. 
and then it becomes a real kind of red flag or a huge concern. And by the time that you get to the interview, you're so adamant that you are right, that something is not this something's not amiss here or there's just something wrong. You go out of your way in the interview to prove your legal rights. That's confirmation bias. You want to confirm that your concerns are right as opposed to going into the interview with a complete objective mindset um, of note to explore that but then giving the applicant almost an opportunity to confirm that you are wrong. Um, so confirmation bias is really interesting and I've seen so many superstar candidates be rejected after a first stage interview because a manager has been so fixated on proving themselves right that they've completely missed this amazing talent sat in front of them. And then when you dig deeper as a recruiter or HR with the applicant, you find out that there was a lot more and there isn't really a red flag. Um, but anyway, it's just one to be out be aware of. Yes, sometimes those niggles are right. And it's absolutely spot on that you spotted it and you need to be aware of it. But just make sure it doesn't become a competition that you're trying to prove yourself right, <laughs> as opposed to genuinely exploring that topic. When I cover unconscious bias in my hiring mastery workshop, when I first start to talk about it, as I mentioned, there's the giggle that I said before. But then I go on to do an exercise where I split the room into small groups. Um, I'm not going to share the exercise because it will spoil it for anybody that does any of the workshops. But at the beginning of the exercise, you can feel the awkwardness around the room because um, obviously nobody wants to be biased in front of somebody else. But then... Once, you know, they understand that we're having fun with the learning and it's about becoming aware with the bias, they really start to feel more comfortable um, with the learning. And then at the end, everybody says, wow, that was really insightful. And it was just a real reminder of how easily those biases can pop up to say hello without us even realising. So how you can come overcome unconscious bias and find the right talent for your business, I have some tips. <laughs> so first of all, um, step one is to recognize and own the bias. The first step is obviously the acknowledgement and spotting the bias. Um, it can be challenging. We all believe that we are unbiased. However, by acknowledging the bias when it pops up to say hello, we can then take steps to overcome them. Now, it's not just about acknowledging. Just acknowledging the bias is not going to change the world and stop it happening. From there, we need to take action. So the action is questioning and asking yourself, where did that come from? And is it bias or facts? Um, you know, keep on asking yourself why, 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 until you eventually reach a conclusion as to whether you're being biased or whether it's facts. Um, you know, we can only break the bias if we commit to ourselves to acknowledge it, but also we commit to each other within our businesses that we're going to challenge each other. Um, you know, if we all work together, then that's how we're going to break the bias um, and, you know, outcome of that diverse and inclusive culture, but also that you get the best candidate in the market, which is what we're interested in. Um, secondly, um, my advice would be to diverse your recruitment process. Uh, make sure your recruitment process is 
like leaning towards diversity inclusion um, and this can mean advertising your vacancies in a range of locations to get get a broader pool of candidates um, but also as well ensuring that your selection process is fair and objective um, thirdly you might want to try blind resumes um, this is something that a lot of organizations are starting to do where when the applications come through the resumes are shared removing name like candidate's name, age, gender, address, anything that can eliminate some initial unconscious bias and focus on the candidate's skills and experience only. Um, structured interviewing, um, you know, using a structured interview that focuses on job specific competencies that will ensure that all candidates are assessed equally, regardless of their background and experience. Um, and that can instantly remove bias because everyone is judged and assessed equally. And the final one, and I have to mention this, is training. Provide some training to your hiring managers, um, talent teams, HR, whoever is involved in the recruitment process, um, you know, to help them recognize their bias and then take some steps to overcome that. That's all for today's episode. Thank you for listening. We hope you found it informative and helpful. If you have any questions or feedback, or you would like to discuss organising training for your hiring managers to upskill their capabilities in interview and hiring, I invite you to reach out and connect with me for a confidential chat. That's all, folks. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, remember to subscribe to the You Hide Me at Hello podcast and feel free to leave a review and share it with your network. For further info, check out the link to the website in the podcast description. Thanks again from me, your host, Deb Houston. From me to you, over and out until next time.